Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at... An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Chuck Bonnewell and Julie Hayden Show, the Chuck and Julie Show, Truth Straight Up, brought to you by Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McAllen and AmericaCitizenPress.com. I'm Julie Hayden. Chuck is joining us by satellite. No, actually, just by phone, um, cell phone. He's at the newspaper, the Gundell Terry Creek Chronicle, goes to the printer tomorrow, so he's hard at work there. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Julie. Okay, so we're going to have Maurice Emmer join us in a second. Um, we've talked to him before uh, regarding the Tina Peters situation. Um, he's, I, I guess I would call him a grassroots activist lawyer. But Chuck, you took a look at it too. T- Jenna Griswold, Colorado's very progressive Secretary of State, is is making this, I mean, it's an obscene power grab, basically. Um, and we're going to, and using the Tina Peters case as sort of a jumping point um, or starting point there. And we're going to talk to Maurice about that. Also, lots going on today in uh, Ukraine, um, The uh, although it's hard to tell exactly what's true. But one of the things we wanted to talk about is um, Zelensky made this impassioned plea with a very you know, slick and, and emotional and moving videotape. It's, I, I, again, Chuck, don't you think wag the dog? It could not be more clear, right? Now they're producing yeah. they're, the movie that they're producing is producing movies about the movie they're producing, basically, right? They're going full dog, full dog. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a good way to put it. They go full dog. So we'll talk about that. And my big question is, is why is everyone pushing for war? Why are we not pushing for diplomatic resolutions? And then in the meantime, another probably the most bizarre statement by President Biden that I've ever heard, where he says, everybody knows somebody who... You're going to just stay tuned to hear what everybody who knows everybody who did what and see if you actually know anybody that it happened to. But we want to start now. I want to welcome Maurice Emmer back with us. Maurice, you're with Julie Hayden and Chuck Bonniewell. Chuck's on the phone as well as you. But thank you for your time once again. Sure. How are you guys today? We're, we're good. We're good. That's great. Thank you. So you were kind enough to send me like some of the links to the provisions of this bill proposed this week by Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. <coughs> And I, I, I mean, let me just kind of introduce it to me. It's like an obscene power grab that criminalizes and throws in jail, potentially anybody who questions her or criticizes her. But why don't you kind of walk us through it um, and talk about what you see as some of the key problems? Sure, I'd be happy to. And if, I, uh, if I'm coughing at you, it's because I've got a head cold. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get through it. Okay. Uh, this, this bill was introduced by the uh, Senate Majority Leader, who's a Democrat, on Monday. Uh, it would overhaul it a lot it, of... Did, I'm sorry? Did it have any sorry? Republican co-sponsors? I don't think... Did it have any Republican... Okay. No, I think it had uh, just two Democrat sponsors. Uh, and uh, it would overhaul a number of our state election laws. Now, the structure of Colorado election laws... Uh, is generally to decentralize the function out to the county clerks. The elections are conducted by the county clerks in the various counties. The county commissioners 
have the responsibility for approving the machinery that's used. That's really a little-known but very important point. But apart from that, the clerks conduct the election. There are a lot of election rules that have come down from the Secretary of State over the years and from the federal government, but they are basically decentralized. Now, uh, the current Secretary of State has been trying to centralize more and more power and the control over the elections in Denver. And this one would go a really long way to do that. Uh, two of the provisions that are particularly troubling uh, and relate directly to some of the uh, activity in Mesa County recently and in in, uh, in Elbert County, one is uh, this would criminalize uh, any county official making a copy of the hard drive on an election system. And that's how we know the election systems are corrupt and they're not legal. Right. And that they right. don't comply comply with state law because Tina Peters had images made and they were analyzed. This right. law would make that that a crime. And uh, let me and interrupt another, you there one second. What's interesting sure, sure. to note is that, that that's not a crime now and that's not something Tina Peters is charged with in spite of what Jenna Griswold and the mainstream media want to talk to you about. But, okay, so number one, it'd make it a crime... For, for a duly elected county clerk to just make a backup. We're not talking about changing it, right? We're not talking about fiddling oh, no, with it. We're just no. talking about making a backup. Just make a copy, the full full copy of the, of the hard drive. By the way, that would then put county clerks in the position of not being able to fulfill their statutory duty. They have a statutory duty to retain election records for 25 months after an election under state law and 22 months under federal law. So here's a provision that would conflict directly with that statutory duty. So that's one really troubling aspect. Uh, another troubling aspect um, is that uh, it would require every county with at least 1,000 residents to use electronic voting systems. There are still some counties, smaller ones, but with more than 1,000 residents, who just don't use those electronic systems. They do a hand count uh, uh-huh. and, and uh, uh-huh. hand mark the ballots. And this would require everybody, uh, except the tiny, tiny, tiny counties, to use electronic systems. Now, that conflicts with another requirement in state law, the requirement that any electronic system comply with certain standards from the Federal Election Commission. And we know that the current the current uh, voting systems probably don't comply. Right. So here, here's a provision that says you're going to have to use non-compliant election systems. That's just an example of what's in this bill. Okay. Well, and talk about, to me, some of the harshest things were, uh, I mean, it's, it seems to me, as if you've pointed out, a, a complete violation of clerks and local officials' First Amendment right. It would also criminalize anybody who spoke out about it or had questions about this. what Jenna Griswold did. Talk about that a little bit. <coughs> well, you know, there have been, been a small number of, of courageous county clerks who've been willing to speak up and uh, and object to uh, the illegalities that are coming out of the Secretary of State's office. Uh, this, this, uh, this bill would make it a crime to make what's called uh, knowingly false statements about the election system if you're a public official. Wouldn't apply to the average citizen. Right. So it would to public official. Now, 
you might say, okay, well, what's wrong with making it a crime to make knowingly false statements? The problem is it would chill speech. Uh, right. It would, it, it would make people reluctant to speak up or question anything that they observe for fear that they'd be thrown in jail. So it's a, well, it really is a, an infringement of the First Amendment. Well, and, and let's talk about the whole knowingly false statements. I mean, we could go through the whole litany of things that we were all told were knowingly false statements. You know, Hunter Biden's laptop was Russia disinformation. The DNC was hacked, right? I mean, you could just go down the list of knowingly false statements. Masks work, right? The vaccine didn't come or the COVID didn't come from a lab at all. All these knowingly false statements have turned out to be true. And to me, that would be another big thing. What's a knowingly false statement? I mean, who determines that? And at what point? I mean, and and to throw somebody in jail for saying something that very well might turn out to be true down the road, that uh, to me seems like a, a huge, not just chilling effect. I mean, that's a crime that would seem to me in and of itself. Well, that provision might get thrown out. I'm sure it would be challenged by their lawyers who would challenge it. Uh, but it, it might remain on the books for several years before it made it through the courts. And the court finally said, I'm sorry, that's a violation of the First Amendment. And meanwhile, uh, people would, would, would be afraid to speak up for whatever period of time that's still on the books. And, and by the way, not everybody knows the law. So even right. if, it, if it's held invalid, eventually there will still be rumors around, oh, there's a law that says you can't, you can't – uh, criticize the election system so it's a really bad idea but you know democrats so what do well you think? Uh, yeah well if you think that they're inevitable inevitably think that there there are lawyers out there that will challenge that i can promise you the republican party for 20 years has has generally speaking refused to challenge democratic laws that uh favor democrats i mean i'm part of the, the law lawsuit as as chairman of parable uh, to get rid of the uh, primaries, which are dominated by um, unaffiliated voters, and the Republican Party hasn't challenged that ever since it came into effect. Um, no, the Republican Party's you know, been bad about that, but there is another group that's finally filed a federal lawsuit on that one, thankfully. Yeah. Well, well that's, check, that's what I'm part of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, check. good. Yeah. Oh, good. Chuck and Maurice, let me get you guys, because Chuck, you asked the most pertinent question, and you would you would think it would be unnecessary, but in this day and age, it's not, was, were there any Republican co-sponsors? Because you just know right. the rhino Republicans are going to come out of the woodwork because, you know, they don't want Kyle Karp to tweet something mean about them and say, oh, this is a great idea. I mean, that's my big concern. What do you guys think? Well, I, I've been in touch with... Uh... One member of the House today who's a very vocal proponent of election integrity, you might know, I think his, his initials are Ron Hanks, I think. Okay. <laughs> and and, uh, and, uh, and I, I've asked him, you know, what other members of the legislature are standing up against this? Um, uh, he's, of course, searching for them. Uh, I'm afraid we don't have that many courageous Republican legislators. I will give... The state GOP credit, I was really shocked this morning that the state party uh, leadership did put out a press release opposing this bill. I was, oh, I was really okay. surprised, but I'm very happy to hear it and see right. it. And, 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 and the Denver County GOP organization uh, did the same thing and put out a call to action. Now, the, I'm, I'm told that the bill... Uh, they're racing it through the committees in the Senate. This bill originates in the state Senate. Uh, 
then it'll go over to the House probably sometime next week. And uh, when there are hearings, I hope there will be some hearings in the House, we ought to try to pack the hearings yeah. with opponents. Even if we don't have the votes, uh, there ought to be a good showing from the public that we're not going to stand for this kind of stuff. I mean, this is a grab. To con- If this passes, if this becomes law and it, and it holds up against lawsuits, then then it'll be impossible ever to prove whether an election was clean or not. It just well, won't and be not possible. Only that, it'll be it'll be illegal to even raise the question. I mean, that's again, right. you know, public officials have a right to be wrong just as much as the rest of us have a right to be wrong, and. And you got to wonder, this is my thing, because I become down the rabbit hole conspiracy theory person and everything I thought was a conspiracy theory turns out to be true, is what is it that they're planning that they need to have this degree of control residing at the Secretary of State's office, right? Because there's still some counties out there where you could get a Republican elected as the county clerk. Um, And so what this does, it almost removes any kind of power from a county clerk and gives it all to the Democrat-controlled and probably forever Secretary of State's office. And I just got to wonder, what are they doing that they're pushing this through, or what are they planning to do? Oh, I've got a pretty good idea. They're not planning. They're already doing it. They've been doing it. Uh, Pretty soon you should see the third forensic report come out in the Tina Peters case. This is, you know, there have been two forensic reports published by her defense team. And the third one should be out within a matter of, I, you know, I can't predict exactly, but within the next couple of weeks. And anyone who studies those reports understands that there's a high probability that the systems are being, being manipulated right now and have been yeah. in past elections for the last few years. And, and so, of course, they don't want to be discovered. And the best way not to be discovered is to say, uh, just we'll audit ourselves. That's the system that they want. In color, in in uh, the Democrats won in Colorado. We will audit ourselves, and you have to accept the results and trust us. Right. That's what's going on. Well, and and again, and if you question it, then it's a crime. Um, you know, I mean, Chuck, go ahead. I mean, you're on the phone, so you, you go ahead and you know your thoughts on this. Well, yeah, is that for me? I mean, it's simply yeah, it's yeah. simply what the Democratic Party has been doing for 20 years, just slowly making this a, a one-party state where they can cheat uh, at 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 whatever level they want to cheat at. Um, it's shocking that Republicans would would uh, would object to it. They haven't objected hey. to anything else they've done to to take over the state. So, I mean, it's, it's, That's good. what's wrong with them? What do you mean? They're, 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 <laughs> they're being, they're, they're being they're, proactive. They're objecting. Yeah. To, objecting to a clearly illegal and unconstitutional statute put together, not by, you know, Brittany Patterson or something, but by the state uh, Senate leader. I mean, they are, they have gone from, from just, you know, trickily crooked to full authoritarian, you know, this this is a move that Vladimir Putin would go. Hey, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. yeah. No hey, look, I see you have some folks. Some let folks me share. Let me share you. another development with you. Uh, I don't want to tell you which county it is because I don't want to attract scrutiny to it. But there's a county in the state that, uh, for a while, has been considering not using its electronic voting system right. in the primary in the primary election and telling its county clerk, "You just have to do it by hand." 
And the, the commissioners in that county voted to do that yesterday. Wow. Uh, wow. The Knowing that that vote was coming, the county clerk contacted the Secretary of State's office for for assistance, and and a functionary in the Secretary of State's uh, election operation sent an email to the county clerk. It's 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 scary that you would have a public official doing this. First of all, of course, it defended the integrity of the system, which is which is laughable. Uh, and right. it criticized, you know, any, any attacks because no lawsuit's been successful. Okay, great. We, uh, but then the worst part is that it's full of threats. It says, well, you could be sued by the, by the vendor. You could be sued by our office. Uh, we have this bill in the state Senate right now. If it becomes law, what you're doing could be a crime. It goes on with all these threats. Wow. And wow. I think that's very inappropriate, uh, and uh, but that's what they're doing. That's right. that's bully tactics. And let me some. I've seen some folks have been joining us on Zoom. Let me kind of let, bring folks up to speed. We're talking with uh, Maurice Emmer, um, a, a lawyer who's been very active in some of the election integrity issues here, and Chuck, who's on the phone because he's at the uh, newspaper office about a bill that's being pushed by Democrats, in particular, and the very progressive Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. That essentially, and these are my words, would it's a it's a power grab, an obscene power grab, where she can has absolute control over local officials and local elections and makes it a crime to question her or criticize her. Um, and thank God, I mean, Maurice, this is, as Chuck said, it's great. The Colorado Republican Party came out and said, hey, we're against this. It's like, thank goodness somebody was awake at the wheel there. Yeah, well, yeah, I, gonna do I, about they it? heard from a lot of people. I'm sure the party heard from a lot of people. And a lot, a lot of people are up in arms about it. There's no, there's no question about it. By the way, the, the bill is Senate Bill 22-153. So okay. if uh, if people want to contact their legislators and object to this bill, that's the number 22, which is like for the year, right? And right. Uh, dash 153. That's the bill well, number. And my guess would be, Chuck, what do you think that, that tragically the Democrats will, will probably be able to pass it, right? Oh, yeah, no problem. I mean, once they get it through the Senate, which is at least a little closer, I mean, the House is not even close. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the governor, <laughs> he, he could, he's not, he's not exactly a, a, uh, a good government guy. Um, so yeah, I, I assume it will go through. Maybe there'll be some amendments to it to make it slightly less. Uh, reactionary and unconstitutional, but I'm not even sure of that. Maybe we'll add some more amendments to make it even worse. But yeah, I mean, I mean they need to make it uh, strong. And, and hey, and Maurice, let me. Some people are asking who just came in. Wh- what's the status of the bill right now, and, and when's it being heard? And do you know? It was introduced in the Senate on Monday. Uh, it will. Uh, it, it's been through one committee on Tuesday morning, without much notice. And uh, then I think it'll go through the budget committee uh, or the appropriations committee, rather, in the Senate on Friday morning. Uh, and then it should go over to the House sometimes next week. And I don't believe hearings have been scheduled in the House yet. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to stay close to that so that we can right. try to organize people to show up and object. Well, and feel uh, free but- to, you know, 
please, if I can request that you loop us in on that and we can help get the word out too. Um, sure. This is That'd from. Yeah, Charlene, one of our listeners is saying that, you know, they have a lot to hide. They're pulling out all the stops now. Colorado GOP KBB is not ready for prime time in this fight, but trying to pretend she is. Yeah, Lisa issued a statement, Charlene. Hey, but that brings me up to something else, Maurice, I wanted to ask you about. Um, Tina, because you, you mentioned this the other day on the whole Tina Peters thing. Um, Tina Peters on her website, and it's tinaforcolorado.com. And, and check that. They've got, like you said, they've got some of the results from her forensic audit um, and, you know, involved with the with the this lawsuit. Um, but on that, she mentioned and now that that the timing of the indictment that came down against her and the Republican Party, Christy Burton Brown's statement is really interesting. Apparently, she says that Christy Burton Brown, the Republican Party statement saying she should drop out of the race, which is anything but neutral, came out like literally minutes after the indictment and that somehow mysteriously Christy Burton Brown was aware of the indictment before Tina Peters. And it sounds like you were at that meeting and it sounds like that's what kind of happened real in live time right in front of you. Right? <laughs> Um, well, it was pretty fast. Yeah, it okay. was really fast. I know it was that morning, you know, as the meeting you're referring to was in Basalt. Uh, Christy Burton Brown was coming over to Basalt to for a lunch with the uh, Pitkin County GOP. And uh, Tina was coming over to speak uh, to that same luncheon. Um, and uh Tina, I think, must have found out about the indictment while she was driving over from Grand Junction to Basalt, which is about a two-hour drive. Uh, so there wasn't much time uh, right. for that, that press release to come out. I was unaware of the press release. I only found out about it when Sharona Bishop came back into the luncheon after she and Tina had left and and confronted uh, Christie over it. Uh, but you're right. Not much time had passed. Uh, well, I don't know how then, much. I never went back and looked at the looked at, looked at the clock. But you're now, right. Bettina, and the other thing that Tina pointed out in the press release that's up on her website is nobody from the state GOP's office tried to contact her campaign for any kind of reaction or comment. Right. Um, I mean, and given the fact that they were at the same luncheon sitting next to each other, you'd think she could have she would have had time to say, hey, Tina, we're about to put out this press release. Just want to touch base with you. I mean, I find that kind of shocking, too, that the Republican Party wouldn't have at least contacted Tina's office and said we were going to do this or asked her, you know, do you have any kind of proof that can help us resolve this or or whatever? Um, They just boom put that out. Well, if you're looking to me to defend the actions of the state party in that matter, I think you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but I let, let me let me tell you an interesting thing. So one of my criticisms, apart from from breaking impartiality, which is clear here, I mean it, there couldn't have been a clearer violation of of of, imp, of uh, breaking impartiality than this this example. But. Um, for those who don't know, the GOP state bylaws say absolutely, without any question, with no exceptions, no conditions, uh, no outs, that uh, state party officials and local officials, actually any any uh, any officer of any of the county organizations, must be impartial in in primaries. That's it. Full stop. Now, this this press release came out, and uh, and Tina and. Uh, uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert 
uh, is going to have some opposition in her reelection bid for CD3. Uh, one of the sure. people see- seeking the Democrat uh, nomination happens to live in my town here in Aspen. He, he He's had a pretty active campaign already. The day after the... Uh, the state GOP broke the impartiality uh, rule and used the indictment to criticize a primary can GOP primary candidate. This Democrat wannabe uh, issued a, uh, I guess, I don't know if it was a press release, but it certainly was on his emails. He emailed everybody on the list he's got saying, I just sent a letter to the U.S. attorney demanding a criminal investigation of Lauren Boebert. For no, for no, no grounds, no grounds other than that she and Tina Peters knew each other, right? And so, so the action, the action, the action by the state GOP uh, has broken the dam. It's broken the the dike here. Okay, very bad policy. Very bad idea. Right? Because what if what if the U.S. attorney? You're absolutely right. What if the U.S. attorney says, oh, OK, that's a good idea. I mean, look what they've done to Sharona Bishop and Tina Peters, right? They could do that to Lauren Boebert, too. And then so what? Then is Chrissy Burton Brown, your point is, right, going to call up Lauren Boebert and say, oh, I guess you can't run. You better resign. I mean, it is ridiculous. And Charlene, one of the comments here from the listeners says we should FOIA the emails between Christy Burton Brown, GOP and text. I, I think the problem there, and you guys are the lawyers um, but but it's it's you can't FOIA the Freedom of Information Act. I don't think applies to private parties, and the GOP is a private organization, right? Yeah, right. yeah unless right. unless a public official's involved, and and if it's in Colorado, it wouldn't be FOIA. It would be the Colorado Open Records right. Act. Cora, but mm-hmm. similar, similar, right? Similar. Yeah. I guess you could see. Charlene, the one way to get there, that's you could probably Cora, and that's what it's called, the Colorado Open Records Act, the DA's office to see if and when they sent an email to the Colorado GOP. Might that might be interesting? Um, I don't know if well, but that, they would say it's on. They'd say it's an ongoing litigation, and there that's there are point. no obligation. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, Cora. Well, that's this an is, exception. Uh, yeah, having been yeah. a reporter for 30 years, I can sim- I can tell you this. When you f- apply for a CORA or a FOIA, th- they totally decide what they want to give you and when they want to give it to you. And and if they don't feel like giving it to you, sometimes they say, oh, can't find it or we don't have it. Or just like Chuck said, it's ongoing investigation. So you're totally at their mercy on that. Um, well, really, listen, well, you we know, got- and, 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 and it's, you know, you have to realize who, who the other person in the race, so I think there's one other uh, Ms. Pam Anderson. Uh, and Pam Anderson uh, was a director for the Center for Technology and Civic something else. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's a Democratic-run one. Yeah, it's right. Zuckerberg. And they're accused of bribing uh, people in Wisconsin and other states and engaged in all kinds of criminal conduct. Um, so, well, you know, right. that's that's interesting. But, yeah, Pam Anderson. I mean, you might as well have you, 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 You've got... You've got, you've got, all you have going is you either have a total crook like Jenna Griswold or a left wing, um, uh, Zuckerberg Republican. A Zuckerberg Republican, right. That's going to be your choice that, that, uh, KBB has given us. No, no, no. Vote for the, vote for the Zuckerberg person. Yeah. What a joke. 
Uh, hey, listen, Maurice, we'll let you go now. Um, thank you for your time. You did great. Take care of your cold. And please um, keep <laughs> us in the loop. And we'll help you try to get people at that hearing because you know they're going to try to ram it through and probably successfully. But at least we can put up a fight. That's great. Thanks very much. I'll let you know. Okay. Have a great day, guys. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Maurice. Thanks. Well, Chuck, yeah, before we switch to Ukraine, I mean, just any kind of finals, it is to me astonishing that 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 the Democrats now feel so confident and they're so arrogant that they're actually willing to put in a law that if you criticize them, it's a crime. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. (laughs) There is nothing they won't do. Honestly, there's nothing they won't do. Lie, cheat, steal, kill. There's nothing they won't do. Um, right. And the start Republicans will just play, play run. Yeah, start wars in yeah. Ukraine. Well, I think get it World is War III going, see if we can get a thermonuclear war and kill a billion, and, and Bill Gates would approve of that. They would cut the population down anyway. Well, yeah. Well, at least so I will say this, and again, for people who just joined us, at the good news on this is at least the Colorado Republican Party did put out a statement opposing this bill. So, you know, well, there you go. There you, there you go. go. Well, so making it makes it hard for, you know, Kevin Priola to say, oh, well, I'm for it. Of course, it might not stop him. No, it doesn't. Well, why don't, no, no, it wouldn't. Exactly. Do it. No, it wouldn't. Want well, to uh, switch to Ukraine. Of- Some developments there today. Um, Zelensky addressed Congress in what's described as an extremely moving, very compelling you're talking about how horrible war is. Oh, that's a shock. Um, and like we were saying, it's like the wag the dog is wagging the dog to wag the dog. They're, they did a movie to promote the movie that they're making about the movie, um, showing mm-hmm. how horrible war is. And, you know, all the usual suspects came out and said, oh, rather than saying, why are we not working harder on a diplomatic solution? They're like, let's increase the war. Let's, let's send them more stuff. <laughs> Um, and wanted to once again. Well, the bold, to... the bold, the bold Republicans, uh, led by by that that man of men, um, Mitt Romney, are all going, give them eggs, give them, yeah. give them this, give them that, give them everything. <laughs> the it's only just... criticism they have is they're not getting them fast enough and quick exactly. enough, and and enough of them. I mean, no criticism that we're we're we seem to be going into World War Three. No criticism. That that uh, the uh, Ukrainians are hiding in the cities among the population, trying to avoid killing people, but that's impossible because you know if there there was a, a bombing at at some uh, uh, theater complex in in Mariupol, and they go, yeah, but that's where all the Ukrainian soldiers are. Like, oh, it's a lie! It's a lie! Well, I, I mean, it's just all war all the time, and it doesn't and, matter if it's the Daily Mail, Fox, CNN, Washington Post, oh. NBC. Everybody is is cheering for a good old-fashioned American war and, with and Russia. And here's the thing, and uh, then step back and look at, because if you were to just listen to the mainstream media, and most of the media anymore, they would say, you know, they give you like a two sides. On the one hand, they say the brave Ukrainians are fighting back against the Russians. Um, and then they're like, yeah, but the Russians are absolutely going to win. So so it's like since I mean, common sense and some of the military analysis, when, like I said, when you read down through it, it acknowledges that the Russians are going to win, particularly. I mean, you know, how hard is Putin? Oh, they change that, though. They're, they're, they're changing that these days. Maybe they could win. You know, they're they changing could. that. Well, you have you two sources of. You've got two sources of the, the maps. Everybody goes to the maps for wars. Uh, one set is from the Institute for War in Washington, D.C., and that's composed of all neocons, Kimberly no. Kagan and 
Jack Keane, and they, as they described, Dr. William Crystal. Yes, that's Bill Crystal of Never yeah. Trump fame. Um, and, and the rest of them. And they're financed by who else? Raytheon, uh, General oh. Dynamics, all the war industries. Um, so, you know, you know what you're getting. You're getting officially approved propaganda. The other right. place you can get, and that ma- their maps are almost seen everywhere, they're almost everywhere. Um, the other source of maps that you don't see everywhere is from Southfront, uh, Southfront.org. Um, and that is a multilingual site based in Moscow, which purportedly just gives you how the Russian government thinks the war is going. Um, but if you go, at least if you go between the two of them, you can at least get the propaganda um, side from both sides. In, in, in Mariupol, the Russians are being stopped by the brave Ukrainians. Um, in, in the Russian one, they're slicing through the city and will be done in a couple of days, and then we'll be heading up northeast to the Donbass area. Uh, but but there is no independent, uh, trusted source anywhere, yeah. so you just got to decide which propaganda you want to Well, I, and to just look around and see, and I, I'm going to play for us here. We got two sound bites from a guy who actually, he's a, he's a YouTuber, right? He's in Ukraine. He's in Kharkov. His name is Gonzalo Lira, L-I-R-A. And I got this off of, I'll give credit to the Gateway Pundit, um, and he he's he he's a political kind of commentator. Um, and he basically he said he's been saying the same thing as um, Colonel Douglas McGregor, who's been saying, no, here's the Russian strategy. What they're doing is essentially surrounding Ukrainian army in certain places, cutting them off from supplies and everything like that. And then, you know, targeting this the city centers and they're leaving the middle of the country alone because nobody cares about that. But let me play. And he kind of explains this. And he's like, no, it is a total lie that the Ukraine are beating the Russians. And he agreed with McGregor in that it's it's really kind of over. I mean, it's just the issue is not, you know, if but when. So, Thomas, if we could please pray, uh, play the Ukraine number one. Right now, the Russians are winning this war and winning it decisively. The fact is that the Ukrainian army, and this is not saying anything about their heroism or bravery. I'm just talking about military facts. Their command and control uh, system is completely broken. The uh, Ukrainian forces do not have an overall defensive strategy. For all intents and purposes, each unit is on its own. The Russians have successfully surrounded Kiev and Kharkov, the major cities. They've also uh, um, surrounded and are in the process of pacifying uh, Mariupol. So in the end, the Russians are winning. And most important of all, the Russians seem to have completely surrounded and are currently, in all likelihood, annihilating the 60,000-strong army of the Ukraines, which is currently in eastern Ukraine. Not many people are talking about it, but you should pay attention to that. That's really important because, of course, those 60,000 men represent the cream of the crop of the Ukrainian armed forces. And they are surrounded. And not only are they surrounded, there is no possibility of them being refueled or resupplied. So it's only a matter of time. Now, which read then, Chuck, that kind of begs the question. So after the brave speech by brave Zelensky, and it was great speech by brave Zelensky, Joe Biden went on and said he's going to give another 800 million. So 
pushing now a billion dollars of um, increased military aid, including some different types of missiles and anti-aircraft things and weapons, et cetera, et cetera, which raises a question. Who's number one? How's he getting it in? Because didn't Russia just bomb that one base where they were kind of sending in things through Poland? The Ukrainian army is cut off. Kiev is basically cut off. So, uh, what are they? Where are they? What are they doing with this stuff? I think if you're an industrial well, military complex, well, you don't really care. But the, uh, yeah, well, South Front tells you how they're going to do it. Okay, um, he says they've got they've got they've got drones, and they hope to have kind of kamikaze drones fly everything into these besieged armies. Um, and yeah, I hadn't heard that anywhere else, and it's kind of amazing to hear it from that, it's supposed to be Okay, wait, so the drone is going to fly government. these giant missile things in and then land? Oh, well, there are big drones these days. Well, it's going to just crash, you know. It's just going to, it's a kamikaze thing. Well, okay, I don't mean to but, say you know, anything, you, but, but let's just say I'm like a Russian um, and a military guy, and I'm sitting around, and all of a sudden I see this whole nyeh, bunch of drones coming in with missiles. I, I would shoot them down. I, I mean, you know, that that's ridiculous. You know, you can't. I, I mean, well, to me, but it's it, is, it is it is it is an answer of how the CIA plans to get them the material. <laughs> Good, point. <laughs> Good point. No, here's what they're going to do. They're going to paint like little children's things on them and tell them that they're toys, they're humanitarian aid. Um, but I mean, that, that's a question, right? And none of the none of the Republicans who all held the McCarthy and Stefanik or Steph, Stefanik and Scalise held their news conference to say, we need to send more MiGs, more stuff. It's like, how are we going to get it to them? Right? Poland said, hey, you can't take your MiGs into Poland. Germany and it's like, wait, we don't want them at Ramstein. I mean, it, so they get to sound tough um, and they're really hawkish. And nobody's saying, because I found this interesting. So Ukraine today, um, it was announced in the negotiations with Russia. Um, one of the sticking points was Russia says, hey, look, we want you to, to be, declare yourself to be a neutral country like Switzerland. And Ukraine said no. Now, to me, it's like, so Ukraine is not part of anything right now. Why would Ukraine not agree to that? What do you, I mean, do you know? Oh, I have no idea. Um because they want to be part of the West and, and, and adverse to Russia, I guess. Um, but, you know, opposing war has been a losing political proposition through the history of our country. The, the Federalist Party, in large part, died because they opposed the War of 1812, which was semi-successful. The Whigs um, died uh, in part because their opposition to the Mexican-American uh, War. Um, and and so it's it, there's an enormous uh, as you can see now I mean, the Republicans are falling over themselves to be more warlike than the Biden administration um, right and so it's it's a, the the, well, the again, problem of course is is if you're even if you're successful your your approval ratings tend to go down H W and George both have uh, huge uh, success on on wars. Um, uh, but their ratings after a while started to plummet. Right now, you're asking, well, why do they want a war? Because they got the midterms coming up. Why right. do we want to lock down the economy and destroy <laughs> small business? 
Another soundbite, and I think part of the problem, because it's pretty clear in the polls, the American people do not want a war, right? They do not want us. It's sad. It's terrible what's happening in Ukraine. But, you know, we have no strategic interest there. And we need to look out for our own country and our own people first. Yeah, but, but who cares what the American people well, want? Yeah, exactly. mean, you know, we can, but, we can but, mold that around. But the same guy, this this Gonzalo Lira, addressed that, too. I mean, it's and, and he's got a good point. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who have their own various reasons for wanting a war, but they all want more war. Um, and so, right. Thomas, if we could please play Ukraine number two. Then there are people like Mitt Romney, who are finger puppets. What? That was it. That was the right one. There we go. Then there are people like Mitt Romney, who are finger puppets of the arms manufacturers, and he wants a war because it'll be more money for defense. And then there are these crazy neocons, you know, who want a war out of this weird egotism. They're the inheritors of uh, John McCain. John McCain, a man who was imprisoned, captured by the Vietnamese, and he never got over that. And his inheritors want a war because of psychological reasons of their own. I mean, um, talk about small penis energy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so... There are other people, too. Of course, the Joe Biden administration wants a war because it will distract from the collapsing American economy. I mean, all these different people in the United States want a war for their own benefit. Exactly. And now Thomas was asking our producer, Chuck, has there ever been a time, you're the historian, when the people, when the population actually wanted a war? Usually, if you could control the... uh all the means of of the media you can whip them into a into a being a pro-war stance um you know they had world war one they had to whip you know everybody in and, and jail anybody who opposed it if you spoke up against the war or against the draft system they threw you in jail um, well, that sounds familiar so the, yeah it does sound familiar so the government can quickly just get laws passed sort of like Senate Bill 22-163 that makes it illegal to to uh, say a knowingly wrong statement, which, of course, they decide what's wrong and false and also what's knowingly. Um, so so people, uh, you know, there have been opposition to wars. Probably the most prevalent one is the Vietnamese War. Uh, yeah. And it didn't start out that way. Everybody, you know, everybody was quite gung-ho in 64 and 65 and 66. And finally, after a while, um, you know, the anti-war protesters managed to overcome uh, come just endlessly endless killings in the in the rice fields um but it's it's once war starts it's so easy to kill uh cry treason to anybody uh who opposes you and well, you have, and, you and, have you the know, power of the government to suppress and, and you're absolutely right and we're seeing them do this and this is the their their playbook right you whip everybody up into a frenzy then you make it a crime you ban and you send to the frenzy i mean the, the, you know joe biden and that's what they're trying to do right you have all of the media talking about this oh, i cried when i watched the video right this so in the middle of the war zelensky has the time the ability you know and the, the resources to go put together a slick video now it's great i mean war is bad i'm not trying to say that but you know they put together one of their priorities is putting together a slick video to try to whip up the frenzy in the American people. Joe Biden's meeting with TikTok influencers trying to get them to whip up frenzy, right? Even yeah, though one of them, yeah, I guess, yeah, was- yeah. I mean, and, and no, you're that's right. Perfect. And then, Get TikTok behind you. Yeah. Well, and apparently some TikToker, 
person was um, showing this, you know, destruction and rubble and stuff like that in Ukraine and saying how horrible it was, only it actually was in Beirut from Well, years well ago, during so. our shock and, shock and awe campaign against Iraq in 2003, uh, it, it's estimated 100,000 civilian Iraqi casualties. Uh, did you see one dead body? No. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's like it was, you know, uh, you saw some occasional... You know, Iraqi a Revolutionary Guard guy dead on the ground, but but otherwise he didn't see a thing. And that's no different than we slaughtered the aid worker family at, at the right. when we were after going outside. You know, it's a, it, it was that was a terrorist. New York Times, to the shock of almost the whole world, actually went and checked, and it was just an aid worker. But after the Pentagon looked at it, not not to worry, not to right. worry. Not so to- it's it's which you know which slaughterathon do you care about? And here, well, it's, and here's it's this is from Charlene. Just... Right, exactly. No, and Charlene is saying, you know, Americans will be told we're winning until one day we're not, like Afghanistan. Um, this from Leo, the fact like that Vietnam. Lloyd Austin, the, sec- the secretary, exact the secretary of defense, used to be on the Raytheon board of directors, would have no impact yeah. on any of this. <laughs> and oh, then Pompeo, right. Right. Raytheon, Raytheon, and, and Lockheed. Well, exactly, you know that, and like that guy said, that YouTuber said, it's their their finger puppets. Um, and again, enough people want the war. And I guess if you're a Republican, you think that whipping the country up into the war frame is going to be good for you. If you're Biden, you think it's going to be good for you. Meanwhile, the Fed raised interest rates today, so we're screwed. You know, yeah. it's, well, the Republicans, Republicans just see it does it doesn't do any good to be anti-war, so they don't want to be anti-war. And and really, Tucker Carlson's incredibly brave to be the one person out there on any station uh, who actually appears to to oppose this slaughtering. Um, and of course, he's been called a traitor and, and all that. Right. So right, you know, yeah, welcome, we'll Jenna welcome Griswold to the happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Janet Griswold sent Janet Griswold after him. They'll make him go there and say it's illegal (laughs) and arrest him and throw him in jail. Um, Well, it is shocking that there are people suggesting that. Right. Again, I go back to I mean, war is like a big deal. You should get to have, as we all know, look at Vietnam, an opinion about whether you think we should or should not be involved in war. That's kind of like one of the key issues as an American citizen. I think it's okay to have an opinion on. And you have stuff like this going on. It should be okay that people have different opinions on it. Not that you get to arrest the people who disagree with you, but like, you know, the segment before the Democrats don't care. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're pushing that through and they all they have to do is throw a few people in jail and then the rest of us, you know, the rest of the people they hope will shut up. Um, well, let me check. We've only got about right, five right, minutes right. left. I wanted to play just for kind of fun today because I wanted to get people to weigh in on this. So Joe Biden today was a announcing happy an ex- Huh? What, Chuck? Uh, good. We want to finish on a happy note. Oh, and happy note. Exactly. So Joe Biden was at a news conference, at a news conference. They're extending the Violence Against Women Act. Essentially, they're going to give people um, some sort of civil action uh, uh, ability in the case of sort of like revenge porn. Right. And then he makes this bizarre uh, statement where he says, well, everybody knows somebody who's, you know, had their ex take a picture of them in a compromising position and try to blackmail them. Like, what? So if we could please play the Biden soundbite, because I want to see if Joe, if I'm just naive and this, I don't know anybody, but can you please play the Biden soundbite, Thomas? So you heard, I'll bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture 
of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position. And then, literally, in a sense, blackmails or, or, or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. Giving survivors real resources against abuse. Now, wait, everybody, now maybe, I mean, you know, he is, again, Hunter Biden's dad, right? So maybe, maybe, you know, but it's like everybody knows somebody who's, I mean, I don't know. Chuck, do you, I don't know. I don't think anybody, number one, never take naked pictures of yourself or, you know, I mean, never do that anyway. So if anybody's out there thinking about that, that's just a bad idea. To, that's a bad starter idea. But I, I mean, I've had you know, some bad endings, but I don't think I've ever had, again, because I follow my own policy, um, have somebody put a naked picture of me on. I did one time have somebody put a naked picture that they put my head on. Um, and, and it was during the John oh, Ramsey days. Yeah. But I had no, no, I didn't even know this person. So I, I guess maybe that's it, but do you know millions of everybody knows somebody? Do you, do you? Oh yeah. You know, uh, people love to take pictures of my genitals and send them out. Oh. And try to black <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. And this is something it happens all the time. All the time. Everybody knows somebody. Good rule of thumb: never let anyone take naked photos. I guess. And now, again, you, you look at Hunter Biden, and you can see where Joe is like everybody knows somebody. I mean, God, there's so many pictures of Hunter out there. People yeah. have been trying to. I mean, yeah. and you want to be like you know, and that, you and, Joe, and that crazy and that crazy narco daughter I've got. She's probably has them out there. Yeah, and, yeah that's true. I don't know. To me, though, that sort of says again, it's hard because Biden just says weird stuff. Yesterday, he thought he had cold. I mean, that we didn't have time for that soundbite. So maybe it was just another one of his little cognitive dissonance kind of things. Or maybe it is sort of a sign of the level of corruption in that whole D.C. swamp world where the president would just at a news conference say, well, everybody knows somebody who had their ex take naked pictures of them and post it online. It's like, no, no. Blackmail them. Everybody. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) It's like, you can all relate to this. It's like, no, there's certain things we can't. He said, I got a couple of pictures of Jill back when she uh, was a little better off. And uh, I'm saving those for the time if she decides to try to bail. (laughs) She's got some of me, too. That's why I let her come along on so many of these events. It's like, I don't know. I just I just thought that was kind of one of those weird things where you're like, no, no, Joe, I think you're a little off the mark there. Um, hey, well, let well me, can we it's, give- it's, it's, it's either it's either one of the two things. It's true. And which makes it really sick that he knows so many people are doing it. Or it's not true. It's certainly possible because he just lies with, with amazing alacrity about thousands of things. I mean, he, he can't get 10 words out without being. Yeah, the difference between truth and reality does not exist in that in that uh, senile mind. Um, no, that's and a good even point. when he wasn't senile, it, you know, he would finish in the top of his class. You know, two right. degrees, this, that, all lies, all lies. He was uh-huh. arrested in Soweto, lies. I mean, it's just he's just one strange human being. Yeah, yeah. So everybody knows somebody. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen, that is gonna wrap us up. You go back to work on the paper. Um and I wanna thank well, thank Maurice, thank Thomas for running the board and running all the phone calls. Love to have everybody on Zoom. Thank you so much for that. Remember, you can always catch all the shows at chuckandjulie.com and also follow us on all of the social media things until we get banned again. Hey, and coming up, a Friday is party Friday. (laughs) So we'll see you all then. Party Have a Friday. great weekend. Wartime Party Friday. Party Friday. Wartime Party Friday. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody.